This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. No word. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to Redeeming the Time. I hope your day is going well. We sure do have a good weather out there. It's a warming up uh, uh, out there, and I mean, we're enjoying it. And I, I hope our our good brothers over on the East Coast uh, get some of this good warm weather. We want to thank you all for tuning in this afternoon. We have a uh, uh, Alex here in studio, Alex Bigelman in studio with us. How you uh, doing, Chris? Good. It's good to, to have you back. It's been a while. Yes. But uh, we've had uh, Josh uh, in the past, and he, he's uh, done a, a, a good job, and I hope we have him back also in the future. Now, last week's uh, episode, I was talking about the, the upcoming big debate between Ken Ham and uh, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, you know, the creation and evolution. And, and oh, yeah. I, I gave some of my thoughts on how I thought it might go, the direction it might go in. And it was a, a the debate happened about 30 minutes after the show was over. And I, I think it was, a, a, well, it really wasn't a debate, but it was very interesting. I thought we saw some good points on, on both sides. And so I want us to, to sit here and talk about that. Yeah. Uh, did, did you get a chance to? Yeah, I watched it. Uh I, I didn't watch it in its entirety, the Q&A following, but I saw the, the first 30-minute presentations by each of the speakers. And you're right. It wasn't much of a debate. It was more pre-prepared remarks and PowerPoint presentations, and they didn't really answer each other's questions like you would in a real debate, but it was more pre-prepared remarks, I noticed. Yeah, and, and you know what? At first, I was a little perturbed with Ken Ham. The, the, he's the CEO of Answers in Genesis. He's for creation, for those of you out there who don't know him. Bill Nye's the science guy. You've probably seen him on TV. He's for evolution. The bow tie guy. Yeah, the bow tie guy, right. Yeah, yeah the bow tie guy. And uh, anyway, I, 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 when I first saw it, I thought, well, why didn't Ken Ham do this? Or why didn't he do that? Why didn't he answer this? He could have really got him there. And, and I was talking with Dean, uh, one of the members of our congregation, and he had some really good insight on that. And he, he said that he thinks that Ken Ham did a good job on not doing that because he knows that he's probably not going to convince Bill Nye. He's not going to probably convince all the people watching. All the people watching probably, probably already have their minds made up. They're just there to see what's going to happen. And so he just really wanted to give the points to, to get something out there for the people to think about. And I, I think that's that's probably true. I think that, yeah. that was probably the best approach, not to get it pulled into those uh, arguments that really aren't going to sway anybody. Maybe. Yeah, and I and I think it was good too. Uh, you know, when you have pre-prepared remarks like that, the tone is friendly, and you know, you don't see very many debates between creationists and evolutionists anymore. They just don't even talk to each other, and if they do, it tends to get nasty. And I think maybe that was. Maybe part of the concept of the format was let's keep it on friendly terms. Let's just bring you know these two big hitters and from each you know one from the creationist point of view, one from the evolutionist point of view, and let's see if we can't just start having a back and forth because we need to have this back and forth because for too long we've been so dogmatic and unwilling to talk to one another, and that's that's really hurting us. Yeah, you know, and uh, you're you're right, and actually, Ken Ham has been trying or had been trying to get a debate like this for a long time, and he, everyone would always reject him because the yeah. evolution they didn't want a debate, and they had all their reasons. In fact, i got a few quotes here to talk about that. Yeah. And even atheists and evolutionists were upset that Bill Nye accepted it. I know, it. I know. And uh, we're going to look at that in a little bit, but I want to also hit on one other thing about that friendly tone, and you're right. I mean, I think Ken Ham went out of his way to try to 
be a, a, a kind and whatnot toward uh, Bill Nye. He was a really good fella. But Bill Nye, I mean, I, I, I felt maybe it's just my opinion. I don't know. You tell me. I, I kind of got the feeling that he was a little smudge. Maybe that's a kinder word there. I don't know. But well, what are your thoughts on, on how Bill Nye yeah. presented himself? Well, that? it's funny because uh, he's a real slick presenter, I thought. You know, he's real friendly uh, in his approach. Um, he tells lots of stories. Remember, he started off his his portion of his 30-minute presentation with a story about his bow tie and how his dad <laughs> wore a bow tie and how his dad learned how to tie his bow tie. And he just kind of, you know, talks in that kind of uh, simple language. It's yeah. easy for people to understand. It makes a connection. Yeah, yeah. You kind of get a feel for it and you kind of liking. Yeah, I kind of like that guy. But yeah. then at the same time, out of the other side of his mouth, I thought that he spoke really condescending to Christians across the world. I was I was surprised actually by it, and he did it over and over and over again. Oh yeah, for example, uh, one of the things that at first it didn't really dawn me what he was doing, but I, was, I felt offended because I was born in Kentucky, and he he made this comment that uh, oh you are you folks in Kentucky, all your universities you don't have you don't teach these things for for science on evolution you don't have any anything that really teaches these things that i want you to learn yeah therefore he, he, he didn't say it but he left it with this implication in your mind that you can't be any you can't produce any good scientists right right he was talking about i remember he was dummies. talking about <laughs> nuclear pharmacology he was talking about radioactive dyes that we use like for an mri for instance you know they inject dye then they image you and they can see the radioactive dye on the images and he would he made the comment that there's no degree program in all in any of the universities in Kentucky for that uh, particular specialty. And he was saying, he was implicating that it's some, maybe it was somehow related to the Creation Museum being located in Kentucky, and that was influencing their academia to the point where, you know, they were unscientific to the point where they don't even have a nuclear radiology program or something. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't quite get what he was saying. Well, I think I remember he was pointing to the fact that you're going to be unprepared for the future. Your children will not be prepared for the future if you don't have this. Yeah, but he and, was blaming it yeah, on, on the Christian creation point of view. Yes. He was saying that this is why you guys don't have this. You're listening to this nonsense, like acting like Ken Ham and the Creation Museum are the only people in the world that believe in the story of creation when it's Christianity, it's Christendom across the world. It's the number one religion in the world, and Christians, by and large, all believe in the story of creation, the literal story of creation in six days as told in Genesis. Right. And I want us to get on all these points. We're, we're actually going to break this up into two episodes. We, we were going to do one, but there's too much going, to talk yeah, about, huh? <laughs> after going over everything, I, I thought, you know, we better do two on this. There is another topic I want you and I to talk on also on the Noah's Ark. You know, there's a movie coming out not too long ago, and I want to to get that episode uh, uh, also before the movie and, and talk about some of the other things that are out there. Yeah. But that, that's a, for another time. Yeah. I'll uh, be excited for that topic, by the way, because that movie looks like it's going to be awesome. I, I do. And yep. I do too. But there's but, some things yep, that kind of make I'm me sure. worry. But no, we'll, we'll talk about it there. Yep, okay. <laughs> uh, for our user or, or our listeners out there, I, I want to encourage you at this uh, time, if, well, maybe not at this time if you're driving, but when you get an opportunity, to go online to our website, www mvcoc.net and in there you'll you'll find out about our uh, our home congregation the supporting congregation of this program the North Valley Church of Christ up in Cave Creek right off of Dynamite Road and uh, on the front page there you'll see a, a link for or a, a, 
uh, radio mic. If you click on that uh, radio mic, it'll take you to our blog spot for the radio program. We we post all of our old shows there. You can listen to the audio. Any uh, of the links or, or, or news items that we uh, have talked about, we'll probably we'll try to get those on there as well. I already have a link for the debate to YouTube, the debate between Ken Ham and Bill Nye. You can go there and watch it. It's uh, two and a half hours long. But I encourage you, I really do, I want to encourage you to, to try to take some time uh, this week or next week to, to watch that because I think it's very enlightening for both si- on both sides so to really see uh, where these guys are coming from. These are doctorates, uh, scholarly men. They make great arguments, and it's good for us to know. And in fact, um, I have several quotes here for pe- from people prior to the debate happening of what they were saying about it. And I want to start off with this one. Uh, it's from Debbie Goddard. She's the director of the Outreach for Center of uh, Inquiry. She's a humanist. It's a humanist organization. But she actually said something that I agree with. Even though she's on the other <laughs> side of the situation, I am all behind her on this. And here's her quote uh, about the debate. <clears throat> Originally, she, she said she was on the fence about this, but the more she thought on it, This is what she said. About whether they should even have the debate? Right. Okay. Right. Here's a quote. This is from uh, Debbie Goddard, a director. If we don't let their, that's the uh, creationist, if we don't let their ideas see the light of day, we can't develop the tools to address them. And we don't just need the tools of facts and evidence, but also of understanding their views and compassion for them if we want to be effective at changing their minds. I agree. If I'm wrong, prove it to me with evidence and fact. Right. And if you can, evolutionists, I mean, sorry. (laughs) I really don't see how that's going to happen. But I'm going to – I approach the Word of God with an open mind. I want to know truth. I'm a truth seeker. I want to know the truth. And, and it's well, and it's interesting that came up later in the debate. You know that I that concept that you just spoke of, and Ken Ham called it the bait and switch. There are some things mm-hmm. that science proves, but then they make this leap and they try and apply it to a much larger picture when it comes to the topic of evolution and macroevolution that they just cannot prove. And they have tried to link it together and make us feel like we're stupid if we don't believe in the entire. Uh, concept of evolution as scientists are trying to present it to us. So I thought yeah, that was that's very interesting. Good point. Yeah, and, and there's many other uh, quotes. Some of these are, again, these were before the debate, so I want to share some of these with you. Uh, this one is from uh, Dan Errol uh, on the Rich- Richard Dawkins Foundation. He's uh, another evolutionist uh, you may know. And here's what he said. Scientists should not debate creationists. You see the the distinction he makes right away? Mm-hmm. Scientists right, right. should not create – Like Christians debate. can't be yeah. a scientist. Exactly. Right. Uh, there's nothing to debate. He's made up – he is not open-minded like a scientist should be. He's not looking for truth. He says, I have it. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what evidence or what truth you bring out. Bam, I'm done with it. Right. No debate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though it's the theory, not really even a theory, right. of evolution. Uh, also – Listen to this one. This well, one's before you go there. I, I remember during the debate there was a quote that was showed, and it was by Bill Nye, and he he referenced academics and creationists, and he made the distinction implicating that Christians cannot also be academics. I thought so. That goes right along with what yeah. that quote that you just said. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. Well, we'll say that one for the okay. next episode. But yeah, there's. 
so much in that debate that I would, I would like for us to bring out. Uh, there's another quote, though. This one's from the other side. This is from the creationists. This is Deborah Harisma, the president of the BioLogos Foundation. Their organization's motto is this, science and faith in harmony. All right, here's her quote uh, concerning the debate before it happened. It, it is this huge stereotype that all Christians reject science, and an event like this, the debate, an event like this reinforces that stereotype. It looks like science versus Christianity, and it ignores the people who have accepted the science of evolution and have not let go of their faith. Mm. Wow. Real. Well, and that brings to mind, you know, there there is a growing movement among Christians to try and uh, jive the six days of creation with what's being taught in public schools and in all of our universities now about the billions of years now of evolution. And how can we, I want to maintain my faith, but how can I, you know, make the, how can I justify, how can I tie those two ends together? And they're struggling with that. And so then they come up with these ideas, well, maybe it wasn't six literal days of creation. Maybe each year represented hundreds of millions of years or something like that. And they're trying to fit the two together. Together, and that, in my opinion, is a huge, huge mistake. As soon as you don't take the literal word of God, there are some you know, books in the Bible, such as the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, where there's a lot of prophecy and things about end times, and there is a lot of imagery and, you know, the words that are used in some of those places are not literal. We know that. They're more figurative language. Yeah, and it's pretty right. obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. But the book of Genesis is a literal, should be taken literally, and and most Christians understand that. And as soon as you get away from that, we have a real problem. That's what's affecting so many of our kids today. You know, a lot of the Christian kids, they're being exposed to this in schools day in, day out, and only a little bit in Sunday school are they getting the creation point of view. And what we're finding is that a lot of Christian kids are leaving the church once they leave home and go to school because they have been swayed. They've been influenced by this billions of years, and how can we make that correlate? It doesn't make sense to me in my mind. I can't make them – I can't yeah. tie these two pieces of rope together. Yeah, and – you know, uh, talking about that, how uh, you know the children they they receive these things at uh, school on evolution. They they come home, they go with their parents to, to Sunday school, and they, they learn about the creation, and they they get confused. And, and then you have folks who are trying trying to ride the fence, have one foot in evolution, one foot in the Bible, and they use passages to justify their saying that they when they say that you know one day it could be a million years. How do we, how long do we, how, how do we know how long it is? Well, they, they'll go to passages like. Um, Second Peter chapter three, verse eight. And I want to I want to read this for you. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, and um, it says Peter writes, "But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day." And then they stop right there, and they right. say, "You see, you don't for the Lord. I mean, one day of creation could be right. millions and millions of years." And when you take that verse like that, and boy, that makes sense, doesn't right, it? Right. Well, okay, I can see what you're saying. Right. But uh, do you have the passage up right there? Yeah, I do. R- read the next verse. Verse uh, nine. Verse nine says, "The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness." 
but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Now, those two verses go in tandem. That's that's one thought there. Right. They're working together. And he's it, Peter is saying, here's why I said this about one day being a thousand years. What is he saying in that in verse 9, Alex? Yeah, well, uh, it's been, how long has it been since Christ has walked the earth? It's been over 2,000 years. And yet we know that he is going to return one day. He has made that promise to us. And God is saying, look. A day is like a thousand years is like a day to me. Don't let the length of time that I have not been with you and and been manifest with you somehow or another, either through my son or my direct presence as he was in the Old Testament, don't let that make you lead you to the point where you are are, are doubting whether I'm going to return and I'm going to actually, you know, bring you. Uh, into the place that I prepared for you. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. He, he's talking about God is uh, uh, saying through his servant uh, Peter that, hey, I'm not going to wipe out the world. I'm not going to send my son back until everyone's had the opportunity right. to make the right choice. Yeah, as long right. as people are seeking me and want to know truth and are coming to a right relationship with me, I'm going to give them time. Yeah. I'm going to be patient toward them. I don't care if it's a day, a thousand years, a billion years. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. He's not talking about Genesis chapter 1 there yeah, in yeah. Peter. So uh, let, 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 let's, I don't want us to uh, get off track. Let, let's get back over, over to the debate. I do want to get us get back to that topic and looking at Genesis. But um, I, I want us to, to talk a little bit uh, about uh, Bill Nye and, and Ken Ham in the debate. Well, we, we said that it's not really a debate. It was more of a, you know, here's our talking points and here's uh, my talking points. Why, why do you think Ken Ham – would do that? Why? Why not? Some of the questions that uh, are in situations that Bill Nye, the the science guy, put up there. Why didn't Ken Ham deal with those? I mean, I saw several opportunities yeah, yeah. where he could have really just nailed him to the wall, right. and but he didn't. It's not that he he you know Ken Ham and uh, the the uh, really educated people that he has working with them there at the Creation Museum. They have written a lot of great articles that you can go and look at on their website that addresses almost every question that Bill Nye threw out there. He tried to throw doubt in people's minds, but these are things that, you know, uh, Ken Ham and the people that work at the Creation Museum have already thought about. They've, wrote, they've written many articles. They they uh, address these subjects, and I don't think he wanted to get bogged down in the nitty-gritty. I think he was really wanting to use this opportunity that he had because there's going to be a lot of people. They have over 2 million people a month that visit their website. So you can only imagine how many people were going to be watching this debate and how many are going to watch it in the future. I really felt like he was wanting to plant the seeds of the gospel message as much as he can in broad terms and not get bogged down in the nitty-gritty of oh, yeah. trying to explain things to Bill and I that have already been explained on their website. Yeah, uh, man, good, 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 good point. I, I think you're right. I, in fact, this morning I was over on their YouTube channel, Answering Genesis, and I was looking at the uh, – watching some segments out of the video. The, the whole video is on there, uh, two hours and 45 minutes. But it gives you a count of how many people viewed that page. Yeah, how many? 1.7 million already this wow. morning. Wow. I know. I don't know if they all watch the whole thing, but, yeah. but man, that's, that's, a, lot a, that's a lot. Yeah. And so just and this, just over a short period of time, and, I, and I, uh, I hope that maybe people listening to our program will up that by 22, maybe <laughs> you know, 30, <laughs> something. You all will get over there and look at that. We'll have that on our website, that, that, that link on there. Now, uh, looking at all these, I want to kind of move a little bit away from talking about that, uh, that debate because we're going to hit on that more in the next episode. 
But I want us to to look at God's word about creation. Was it? Uh, is there something to this evolution timeline? Is there uh, some sort of melding of of this? idea of this evolution and the creation as some say that you know maybe it was a million years is is that possible alex could we turn to genesis chapter one look at the creation events when when uh, god says it was evening there was morning or in one day or there was morning there was evening there was one day is that one day literal or is that more broader than we think so I, i want us to open our bibles and, and look at Genesis chapter 1. Let's just, we're not going to read the whole chapter. Chapter. I just want us to read the first first part of uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and I want to, to, to jump over to chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Talk about that just a little bit, and then I, I want to bring us to some other passages that I think will secure in our minds and the minds of our listeners that this is, this is a literal 24-hour period. Genesis chapter 1. The very first thing. What's the most important thing that man would want to know about creation? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There it is. Boy, that, that's, that's what you need to know. Yeah. yeah. All right. I created it. This is how it all started. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Right. Now, he he goes through there and and explains each day, the things he did on those days. And then in chapter 2, the the seventh day, verses uh, 1 through 3, he says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, all and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. And and when you look at chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, do you see anywhere imagery? No. I don't. I don't see imagery anywhere in there. The only time, well, uh, actually, that, that's not true. I do see it in one spot. In chapter 3, when God gives his punishment for the fall of man, and he talks uh, talks about how the, the, the serpent is going to uh, meet its demise. I think that's pointing toward Christ. Right. But it's obvious right. because of, of how he says it. When he says, um, uh, da, 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 where is that? Uh, verse 15. Verse 15. Fifteen, yeah, yeah. Here, uh, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. That's a very slight imagery there right. of uh, Christ and what's going to happen to the, the works of Satan. But outside of that, I mean, that, that's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious that that's uh, imagery, and right. it's always obvious. The rest of this is pretty clear cut that this is talking about something more literal, specific. Right. And to help establish that in our minds, let's look at e- uh, Ephesians, e- Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, God is uh, uh, going to give uh, uh, some laws to the Israelites. They just come out of Egypt. And, and here's one of the laws is the Sabbath day. We, we all uh, probably know about that, uh, how the Jews were to keep the Sabbath and, and keep it holy. Well, here, here's where God gives that and talks a little bit about that. It says in verse 8 to 11, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do you shall not do any work, or your son, or your daughter, or your male, or your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. Why? Well, verse 11 tells us why. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. What's the comparison being made here? Yeah, right. Six Day days of, of work. You and I, are, or the Jews, work right. just like the six days God did right. his work. Seventh yeah. day? Seventh day. Yeah. It's a literal 24-hour period. And it's the same Hebrew word used here as used over in Genesis chapter yeah. 1. I always think it's interesting to note. He says, remember the Sabbath day. He didn't, he didn't just initiate the Sabbath day right here when he gave yeah. the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. It's remember the Sabbath <laughs> yeah. day. That harkens back to the rest day that he took after creating the, the, uh, the world in six days. Yeah, and, and Jesus even confirms this over in Mark chapter 10, verse 6. I think I have time. I'm going to turn over to Mark 10, and I want to read verse 6, and then we're going to have to start wrapping things up here. What? I know. <laughs> uh, Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 6, uh, here, here's Jesus. He's uh, teaching uh, about uh, uh, marriage. In um, verse 6 he says, But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. What is he pointing back to? The, the six days of creation. Right. Uh, he made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and, and the two shall become one flesh. He, he's pointing back. And, and confirming what the Bible says about creation. And there's several places in the New Testament where it points back to that, and it's always referenced as if this literally happened. Right. And Absolutely. I, I'm going to trust in Jesus. Me too. And uh, I, I'm, we're, we're going to have to wrap up our time here. We have a, about a minute left. But I want to uh, encourage you all again. Uh, get, get on our website. Go to www.nvcoc.net. Click on that radio mic, and in there you'll you'll see our audio file. But we'll also have a link over to the the debate between Bill Nye and Ken Ham. I encourage you to watch it. I know it's long, two and a half hours. Maybe take a few days, watch a segment here and there. But it's really good. You'll you'll, you'll learn a lot from both sides. I agree with uh, uh, Deborah, that lady who's on the other side of the aisle on this issue. She thinks that we need to understand them and know them. That, that way, we can be more prepared to help convince them to bring up the evidence well we do too we need to know what they're saying we need to know uh what their tactics are so we can look at the bible and be able to show them hey here's the evidence and this this is what the word of god says this is what we see in creation in fact uh uh, we'll we'll open up the next program using romans chapter 1 verses 18 and 19 where paul makes that pretty clear how you know the uh, evidence out there is so plain and obvious so i'll encourage you to get on there watch that and if you have any comments or, or even questions uh, for our program, maybe you watched the debate, you have a question about that, you'd like us to answer it on air, get on that website, and uh, there's a place where it says have a question. Click on it. You can send those in, and we'll answer it on here. We, we encourage you. We'd like to get your feedback. Uh, we want to thank you for your time. Uh, Alex, I want to thank you for your time to be here with us today. It was fun. And uh, uh, we want to, above all, uh, thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's uh, given us this time. So let us all redeem the time. Ring it out, ring it out.